Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. The essential philosophical and structural framework within which the reluctant revolutionaries of the American founding era constructed their innovative scheme of national checks and balances, separation of powers, and mixed government was state confederation or federalism. The principle of federalism allows a distinctive and individual community to join together with others for a greater good without losing its essential distinctiveness and individuality. Instead of states becoming a part of some larger amorphous union, under federalism, they are able to unite in a symbolic fashion so that the sum of their parts is greater than that of the whole. A federal relationship is a kind of compact or covenant that allows states to bind themselves together substantially without entirely subsuming their sundry identities. The federal nature of the American constitutional covenant enables the nation to function as a republic, and thus specifically avoiding the dangers of a pure democracy. Republics exercise government authority through mediating representatives under the rule of law. Pure democracies, on the other hand, exercise governmental authority through the imposition of the will of the majority without regard for the concerns of any minority, thus allowing law to be subject to the whims, fashions, and fancies of men. The founders designed the federal system of the United States so that the nation could be, as John Adams described it, a government of law and not of men. The founders thus expressly and explicitly rejected the idea of a pure democracy because, as James Madison declared, democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have ever been found incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and have in general been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. The rule of the majority does not always respect the rule of law, and is all too often as turbulent as the caprices of political correctness. Indeed, history has proven all too often that democracy is particularly susceptible to the urges and impulses of mobocracy. Federalism balances the vertical and the horizontal aspects of a covenant. Vertically, Americans are one people under the rule of common law. Horizontally, though, 
Americans are differentiated into a number of distinctive communities, sovereign states protected from the possible intrusions of the national government or from a majority of the other communities. As educator Paul Jaley has argued, the nature of federalism is seen in the balanced structure of the states and the people throughout the Constitution. Both the national government and state governments are sovereign in their respective spheres. Our national identity as Americans and our federal identity as state citizens are both represented in Congress, in the House, and in the Senate. In this sense, virtually all the founders held to essential Federalist principles. But as the founding era progressed, it became evident that opinions about just how those principles were to be applied could widely and wildly vary. Some thought a strong central uh, power for the federal uh, government, the national government, uh, was essential. Uh, they looked for a more efficient and uh, unifying control over the economy, foreign affairs, and the judiciary than what the Articles of Confederation had allowed. Eventually, these advocates for centralization and consolidation adopted the Federalist name. They became members of a Federalist Party, led by Alexander Hamilton and endorsed by the likes of John Adams, John Jay, Charles Coatsworth Pinckney, Thomas Pinckney, Rufus King, DeWitt Clinton, and James Madison. Those founders who desired the decentralization of power going back to the states, uh, remaining unchanged, uh, were still believers in a federal or covenantal system. Nevertheless, but these conservatives came to be known as anti-federalists in reaction to the ideological aspirations of the centralists. The anti-federalists included Patrick Henry, Samuel Adams, Thomas Jefferson, John Hancock, James Monroe, and John Randolph, uh, Richard Henry Lee, and a host of others. Thus was born one of the most interesting, invigorating, and fruitful political debates in all of history. It was a debate that ultimately produced some of the most brilliant political manifestos, pamphlets, essays, columns, letters, books, and civic compacts ever written. Eventually, the two sides of the debate compromised on a series of measures resulting in the Constitution, a Federalist document, and the Bill of Rights, a series of anti-Federalist amendments. Despite that meeting of the minds, the philosophical chasm between the more liberally centralizing Federalists and the more conservatively decentralizing anti-Federalists uh, would persist. Indeed, it continues to persist in the red state, blue state polarization that presently divides the American electorate. It is the assiduously persistent battleground for both resistance and reformation. 
I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net or adoringgod.org.